Baloo Vargas. How's it going? What's up, bro? <coughs> Not much. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me here. Tell That's everybody awesome. a little bit about who you are. I'm the best. No, just kidding. No. <laughs> He's not wrong. <laughs> no, no. Uh, Eduardo Vargas, known as Balu. Uh, we met, training together at uh, Rise Above, one of the best uh, gyms here in San Diego. Shout out to Shannon Googerty. But uh, yeah, man. Uh, let's see. I own a promotion called Naciones, taking over Latin America little by little. That's the cocky, the, the cockiness in me. I, I hardly ever do, but yeah, that's me. Cool. But, uh, but yeah, man. Excited to be here. Thank cool. you. So what is Naciones? Tell everybody, uh, you know, you guys might know the UFC, but, you know. Yeah, Naciones, Naciones is, a, uh, is a promotion that I launched during the pandemic. It was, uh, I was actually doing a podcast <laughs> in Spanish with a couple friends of mine. Uh, and I was interviewing fighters and up-and-coming fighters. More than I was trying to give attention to Latin American fighters, right? Across the border and down. Not, not Latino U.S.-based fighters, but I was trying to get where the sport's growing. And so the more I talked to these guys, I was realizing there wasn't a lot of opportunities, platforms. There was maybe like one or two. One was very favorable to one gym. The other two, not so much. Not what I thought could be. Um, I used to work for a previous promotion that was doing shows in Latin America. Uh, I didn't like what they were doing. I was with them for like four or five years. Actually, I consider myself one of the guys that built them. If they don't like what I'm saying, they kiss my ass. But basically, <laughs> they know I fucking ran that ship. So when I left, um, I was, I, I was kind of like, I don't want to do MMA anymore. I hate this. Like, they made me hate MMA. That's how bad it was, right? It's where I, like, I don't even want to do this no more. But the pandemic hit, and I'm like, man, I really miss MMA. You know, <laughs> it's like I miss all of it. And I started, uh, you know, I was lightly training during the pandemic when you could. And um, during the podcast, I was realizing there's no, nothing like that I like. So I talked to a couple friends of mine. Uh, originally, it was going to be like three or four people that were going to launch this. Ended up being just two of us. Uh, my good friend Hector Molina out in Monterey, Mexico. He used to own um, uh, a league called uh, Combate Extremo, which was like a probably the, one of the longest running leagues in MMA. But it was a regional, very regional league. Um, and so we partnered up and we launched it. We launched it with absolutely no no background, no funding, no funding whatsoever, just money that a lot of hopes and dreams of us thinking we were going to get picked up by a television network right away because I knew the business and I had been in it and, you know, and it's a lot harder than I, I thought. Right. But um, we did it, man. We did good. We're, uh, we did two pilot shows. We were supposed to do eight shows in 2021. We decided to do two because we came up on a contract with the Australia television network out here in the, they're based in the U.S., they're a uh, Hispanic audience. And so um, primarily... Mexican Latinos is, is, is their primary audience, you know, like Texas, California, Colorado, things like that, you know, not so much Miami, East Coast, yeah. you know, more like, you know, Puerto Rican, things like that. More of the audience, I, I feel it's more targeted towards the Mexican audience. And so we signed with them mm -hmm. and, um, you know, they told us to wait till January and kicked off in January during the Omnicron, which I think you went to the first event. You went to the first yeah. event. Yeah. Yep. In Tijuana. In Tijuana. Yeah. yeah. In Tijuana. And so... We launched there and you know we're we're going into our 10th and final show of the year but we're going into show number 12 of the um of the company so it's basically a, a company that i'm doing where we're trying to bring attention to latin american based fighters uh we've done shows in ecuador colombia all over mexico we're planning on visiting south american countries again which is ecuador colombia argentina and peru for 2023 wow so more than anything man it's like I'm not really looking to become a feeder program for the UFC. I'm trying to become our own thing. 
Um, if there's anyone I could compare ourselves to that I want to get to is probably one FC in regards to where we, you know, we're all supreme where it comes yeah. to there in Asia. <clears throat> we want to reign supreme in Latin America, right? And like I said, I'm not trying to compete with the giant. I know my role, right? Right? It's like me trying to compete with Gordon Ryan. I know where I'm at, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. but we're trying to, uh, we're going to, basically, you know, continue to do our shows, bring the attention. Um, get these guys, you know, out there and get them the feeling of being under the lights and, and, and feeling that whole production type of event. And at the same time, providing good fights for people to know and learn the sport. Yeah. And the, the productions are fun, man. Those shows are I've been to two of them so yeah. far. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they're 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 a lot of fun. The fights are great. They're exciting. Uh, a lot of knockouts, a lot of cool. Uh, just the environment's awesome and um the fact that they're in you know they're not in the u.s they get a yeah. little a little crazy a little wild and i yeah. i love them man um you know the last one that we went to was really awesome those two girls that fought towards the end were incredible yeah uh the whole show was great and um i think you're your harshest critic because i thought the show was just amazing like we showed up and we had a lot of fun and everybody there was having a blast it was it was great yeah I, i'm always gonna be my harshest critic uh you know my, my, my wife tells me the same thing because she knew right away when she came in she's like oh balu's not gonna like this right that's something she told me and at the minute i ran into her because like you know i was backstage or running around and i see her and she goes you all right you know i was like yo i'm not very excited about everything she was like everyone's having a blast like, i know but i'm trying to I want it to look a certain way because that's the expectations that I have for myself and for people that work with me. And I know, I know we're, we're missing a little bit of the money factor, but it's not needed. It's like, we can do it as long as that, you know, it's just pushing certain things here and there. But I mean, it's not, it was some, some things were out of our, out of control that we couldn't do it. And also it was for like safety issues of, you know, putting up lights or things like yeah. that, where we're just like, fuck it, just, you know, let's do it. Um, but no, I, I love it, man. I mean, I, I like it. The people are having fun. Um, it's always hard to start something. Um, like when I was with the previous promotion, when we started in Mexico, I, I had a lot of people like kind of like Latin America, MMA. You know what I mean? They were just like, this sucks. Yeah. You know, this is before Brandon Moreno. I mean, Brandon Moreno was there or, you know, other other Latino fighters. I mean, you only knew Cain Velasquez or Gilbert Melendez, but right. they were all U.S. based born yeah. right and so there wasn't a lot of guys that you knew that were coming from there now it's like a hotbed and they're popping out left and right and they're putting on exciting fights and it's like you know the dagestanis are boring as shit right like they wrestle yeah. right they wrestle they're fucking boring fights i don't like bringing anyone to my fights it's yeah. like whatever it's like latinos get down dude yeah it's basically boxing with mma gloves and yeah they and, get down and that's the thing is um i don't like wrestlers i mean i i love wrestling yeah and jujitsu that's, yeah. that's i love doing that stuff like yeah. me training i love it on TV, it's fucking boring. Yeah, for sure. Right? <laughs> it's yeah, boring. you want to see knockouts. You don't want to see... And people that don't yeah. know it, right? It's like, uh, my, my audience is, you know, your aunt, your uncle that have never seen MMA yeah. are going to come to the show. And they're going to be like, oh, shit. It's like, oh, they're fighting, right? Yeah. And what I always tell people is like, do you remember when we were in high school when people would get, or junior high, people would get into fights and everybody runs to go see the fight? It's in your nature to want to watch yeah. violence it's yeah. like people like watching violence you'll stop the car to watch a street fight yeah you'll stop whatever the hell you're doing to watch a fight and so when they go for the first time they see it it's like i mean my wife's family they're they're the last people that would ever watch him at me right right they're there front row all the time <clears throat> they're just cheering and they're liking it and they're like they're yelling things now and they're like use cage you know things like that so it's cool for me it's great because it's a whole new audience that i know we are a part of bringing on board Right. And it's a whole new thing that we're that we're working on. And that's what I like about it. It's like it's just like you, you when you discovered 
jujitsu. You yeah. probably didn't know about it. Right. Or maybe you had seen it. Yeah. Or you didn't know what it was exactly. Right. Maybe you watched fights and you didn't know what was happening. Now you watch fights, even though you, you're starting, you know what's happening. Yeah. You might not be able to do those moves. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I, do, I watch stuff I can't do. I can't invert myself a certain way, but yeah. I know how to do it. You know, right. <laughs> but right. it's like, but you're watching it and you're like, okay, now I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And so now this is interesting. Now yeah. I like it. Now it's just not two guys or two girls on the floor hugging it out. Yeah. Now I know what she's doing. It's technical, right. you know? So it's like, uh, I like that, man. I like the part that we're, we're educating. Yeah. And know? that's the thing is you're educating a whole new market. And it's funny because both times that we, uh, we went to the fights, we're in the cab and the, the cab drivers, like, they always say the same thing. It's weird because they, they understand boxing and they go, oh, you're going to like a fight, like, like UFC? Yeah, and they always say the same thing. They go, uh, uh, oh, some of them are fun, or some are nice, or something. There's something they say every time. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like, weird, you know, and uh, Luis and Yesenia and I were talking about that, and yeah. it's just a funny, common thing. But, yeah, it seems like in Mexico, um, boxing is obviously so common, and everybody knows boxing, but they don't mm. really understand the mixed martial arts. And it's cool that you're educating a new market because you're literally creating a whole new market that doesn't know that they're going to love it. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, it really is the fastest rising sport in regards to popularity. Um, we're, we're seeing it with like every network has MMA, right? Amazon has one FC now, ESPN and DAZN and all these companies uh, have the PFL, they got Bellator, the UFC, obviously the UFC reigns supreme, right? They're like their own animal. Right. But at the same time, it's <laughs> like you're seeing all these other companies, you know, popping up left and right and they're joining the networks and the networks are wanting to have MMA. So it's cool, I mean, in Poland, there's like a huge company that fills up the arenas, like 50,000 people in Italy as well. You know, it's like, I, I know fighters all over the world that, you know, for me, Ryzen, or formerly known as Pride, yeah. was my, is still my top promotion in the world. And there used to be a promotion in Latin America that I thought was better than Pride, but it was very under the radar. Um, I remember the name right now, but it was, it was literally, uh, Oh my God, I can't remember the name right now. I remember the name, but it was my favorite promotion when it came to Latin America, you yeah. know, cause they would, they would do shows in, uh, in Argentina and they would fill up the whole arenas down there and people were fighting. And there was guys that came out like Marcelo Rojo, who's in the UFC. You might not know who he is, but for, he, he's a pretty standout guy in, in Latin America. Um, the guy that won, um, the, the PFL, the, um, Trinity Cake, I'm sorry, I forgot to say right now too. So <laughs> I'm terrible with names. But uh but all those guys, it's like there's guys that came out of there that were just amazing, you know? Right. So anyhow, um yeah, it, it's fun. It's fun just educating everybody and, and you know, being part of that growth. Like I get excited, bro. I get excited, I'm not gonna lie. I mean I am hard on myself, but I get very excited, like, hell yeah, we're doing this. Yeah. You know, it's like and this is just the first year. We did ten shows this year, two last year, ten this year, and then next year I'm gonna do ten to twelve again. And I think it's going to be better than it was this year, you know? Yeah. And I, I like what you said about in the beginning, you were like, man, it's, it's a lot harder than we thought it was going to be. And that mm -hmm. seems to be every business, right? On the mm -hmm. outside, it looks like, oh yeah, we just do this, this, and this. And then you get into it. You're like, oh, there's these problems. Yeah. What are some of the biggest problems that you've had to kind of navigate to get around to grow as fast as you guys have been growing? TV people. Really? Yeah. It's me working with TV. It's uh, they're a whole different animal, man. They're like some of the most ruthless mobsters, legal mobsters I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. TV producers, networks, it's just, they're, they're cutthroat. They're right. cutthroat. And it's like, what do you do? Like half of them, you want to throw to the wall. Like where right. I'm like, I can 
fuck you up right now, but I can't. Yeah. Because you're going to take away my distribution rights. You know, right. <laughs> but it's like, yeah. but at the same time, you're just, it's, it's something that you're learning. So I've had to learn a lot of the back end. Like, I've learned it all. I didn't go to school for any of this. Yeah. I learned it when I was with my previous promotion, right? It's like I learned a lot from those guys. It's like they might not like me. I don't care for them, but I did not, I know they don't like me because yeah. I'm the competition. Right. But I learned so much from all of them, every single one of them, right? And that, I think that's always important wherever you're at. Always try to be your best wherever you're at, but at the same time, learn and become such a valuable asset that you can do all that stuff. Right. And that's kind of what I did when I was there. I became, they needed someone to do that. I did it. You need someone to do that? I did. I had no experience, but I was just like, I'll figure out a way to do it. Yep. Right? Because it comes from the martial arts background where I was just like, I had to learn how to do this so I can get to better, better, better. How do you do it? You got to do this, this, and that to get to there. But anyways, um, the, the the hard part's always been the, you know, <laughs> the lawyers or the TV spot, the, the, you know, all that stuff, just bringing in all that stuff so that the company can keep going, you know, keep right. going. And, and we're doing good right now. It's like... You know, I'm complaining, but I'm not complaining. But yeah. uh, but at the same time, it's uh, it's been a lot of a learning curve. It's been very interesting, and um, I'm still learning yeah. constantly, constantly learning. You know, I mean, I had no idea, nothing. I knew nothing about satellites, right? Or fucking fiber signals or things like. I knew nothing about that up until like last year. Yeah, I had to. You know, what I mean, I was just like, what is that? Yeah. <laughs> And I can imagine that when you're running a physical promotion, right, where people are showing up, there is a lot of moving pieces and a lot of things that change last second. So you're constantly, I mean, I see you when you're at the shows, you're, you're working. I mean, you're, you're all over the place, making sure things are good, making sure everybody's happy. Like, uh, that's gotta be a lot to manage, but you do it so well. And, um, how much of that comes from your jujitsu background and how did you get into jujitsu? Yeah, well, I'll answer the first one. Uh, that part is, I'm not someone, I just want everybody, everything to run smoothly, and it never does, but you want it to run smoothly as much as possible. And you have no control about what happens in the back. To the, I mean, at the end of the day, you have no control over these human beings, right? So it's like someone don't want to fight last minute, or some guys are just like panic attacks backstage, and it happens. I mean, you're going to go fight in front of family members against a guy that might beat your ass. You know, so it's like, you res I respect them very, very much, all of them. But at the same time, it's like you signed up for it. Right. <laughs> right. So it's like, you know, no one's holding a gun to your head. You yeah. Know, it's like, go ahead. You're, you signed up for this. This is how it works. This is what you're doing. You signed a contract. It's like, you know, things like that. Uh, so sometimes there's a lot of talking backstage yeah. or things like that that we got to do. But um, but other than that, it's like I'm always I'm always checking on the production trucks, you know, the announcers. I'm listening to commentators, what they're saying. Like, yeah. So I, I have an earpiece that I'm connected to the production and I can hear everything. Yep. And so while I'm running around and if I see certain things that cosmetically don't look good, I'll have it change right away or things like that or yeah. hurry up a fight or if a fight ends too quick, we got to put in another fight to kill TV time because I'm doing TV time. Not, right. Not, I w sometimes I'm like, damn, I should not do TV. I should just do, you know, just a regular show with no TV, not even streaming. Yeah. Who cares? Just for yeah. people to come and it runs like when it runs, it runs. Yeah. And now I don't yeah. have to worry about like, oh shit, 6.15, we're running out of satellite time or things like that. It's like, that's the stuff that I worry about. Right. Um, as for uh what was the other question so how'd you get into jujitsu like what led you to jujitsu and um you know f for anybody watching baloo is a bad motherfucker <laughs> uh so, so tell people how you got into jujitsu and um it, i don't know I, I know a lot of people that watch this are interested in jujitsu uh -huh. but they don't really know maybe what it is or how to get started it was part of my uh prison sentence no just no uh, <laughs> no no I, I got into jujitsu i have a cousin his name is gilbert melendez he was a uh you know multiple time champion with strike force and, and other organizations at 155 pounds at one point he was ranked number one 
and uh, I was living in New York. I was actually working in finance, <laughs> and uh, and I got into watching him. I thought he was crazy when he was doing, when he was telling me you know, he was fighting in uh, Lemoore, he was fighting in Hawaii or Costa Rica, things like that. I'm like, that kid's not right. You know, he was yeah. wrestling at SF State, things like that. And uh, I moved to New York, and I'm sorry, from New York to San Francisco. Uh, I was with J.P. Morgan at the time, and uh, I got transferred. And uh, well, I didn't get transferred. I asked, I asked to get transferred. And so I, I transferred, and um, I started going to classes with him. Like, he picked me up, and I went to the classes. And at, at first, I was like, okay, this is cool. You know, it wasn't my thing, but it was cool. I was, I'm just getting beat up, you know? Yeah, and it was yeah. Like, but I also, at that time, I was, like, probably 25, 26. So I was also going out, you know, yeah. going, doing my thing. So I was like, I wasn't very dedicated to I'd go once or twice. They were super dedicated. I mean, yeah. but I wasn't dedicated. I was just right. like, I'll meet you guys later for drinks. You know, it's <laughs> like, that's what I was doing. Plus in that world of, you know, when you're hanging out with people in finance and stuff, you're, you're wanting to schmooze and go network and just BS, right? It's like, that's what everyone does. And you go yeah. to a cocktail hour and everyone's just like there. And, you know, it, it was, it was something that I wasn't looking at the bigger picture on this side I, I didn't know about it right i didn't know about the rankings or like what it does to you or how to help you um two years later two three years later my mom passed away it was in 2009 and uh, i was semi kind of picking it up a little bit more but around that time i got really i got really down on myself like really depressed you know because it was kind of like an expected thing i was about 27 28 and so uh it was one of those things where i'm like do i drink do I go on a bend, like bender? Or what do I do? Like, I don't know what to do. I was like, and I was angry too. I was, I was mad, and I was, <clears throat> I was mad at the world just because, like, why? You know, yeah. why, why is my mother dead? So, um, I started doing jujitsu, and I started picking it up. And the reason I love doing jujitsu is because it took me away from all the problems that I had in my head about like my work, my mom passing away. Like, what do I do? Where do I go? Because one, I was training with some of the best people in the world at that time it's yeah. like jake shields gilbert melendez moses baca danny marks it's like there was guys there was guys coming in and out you know ben Askren was coming in matt wyman was coming in. at that time if you don't know those names those guys were pretty hot shit at that right. time um you know obviously the diaz brothers and, and things like that and they were coming up too nick was was coming up nick was already up sorry yeah with strike force elite xc nate was coming up right right he was an ultimate fighter he was doing all that stuff like everybody knew date diaz but he wasn't the Nate Diaz that he is now. Right. right. It's like at that time it was like he was young, Nate Diaz yeah. coming up. And so I drowned every time. What I mean by that is like I was getting beat up. Yeah. Every time. Like I was one of the guys on the bottom of the toilet pool. Probably still am. But uh <laughs> but I was drowning. So it would take my problems away. I was I was going away from not thinking about my mom not being there or my sisters or things like that or just being sad. But it was like, cool, I just got beat up. And I know what's going on. And I'd talk for it about three hours. And then I'd go home and I'd think about what I did. Right. And I'd be hungry to go back again. Yeah. And I quit my job. I quit my job. I can't move my dad for a little bit. Uh, I actually trained in, in a gym in Tijuana with some guys that, you know, we were all terrible. Yeah. But we all trained with each other. And uh, and then I moved to Mexico City, tried to do financing again. I thought I was kind of ready for it. And uh, I trained with a guy named Marlo Delgado, who's a black belt under Henzo Gracie. Um, he actually gave me my blue belt before he left. Really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I never told anybody, but he gave me my blue belt before he left. Yeah. And then uh, I quit my job because I was just like not focused in finance anymore. I didn't like it right. anymore. The money thing wasn't, I didn't give a shit. Yeah. Right? It's, it's, it wasn't um, so, like, it wasn't something that was filling, you know, filling that void, right? Yeah. And uh, one of my one of my best friends, I was working with one of my best friends and he like took me into the office and he goes, hey man, 
you know, he asked me some questions about the UFC and some other stuff, and I answered it like with enthusiasm, right? And, he, and I never forget, he goes, I think that's what you should be doing. He goes, you should be doing more like the MMA stuff because you don't answer the work stuff like you answer that stuff. Yeah. And he goes, maybe you should do what you what you like. And I never forget that. He told me that, uh, my friend Javier Ramirez, and he told me that, he goes, <clears throat> you shouldn't do that. You should, you should do something you like. And I was like, ah, fuck, you're right. And I was kind of like, oh man, I'm letting him down too. Right? Right. It's like, I let this guy down. Cause he kind of took me out of that, like get out of that hole and come back to work. Right. You know? And so then uh, I was talking to Gilbert and helped him out, jumped on a plane, went to San Francisco, helped him expand his gym. And see, no, I'm uh, working the front desk. I'm helping to teach jujitsu. Jake gave me my blue belt, Jake Shields did. And so, uh, so I felt even better now. Cause I'm like, okay, cool. Now I got my blue belt from Jake. Yeah. Right? So, <laughs> And so then uh, I started just running the gym with Gilbert and I started teaching kids classes, which I thought was the best thing that could happen to me because it helped me learn jujitsu a lot quicker. Oh, Because you're talking really? to kids. Yeah. 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 Have you ever tried babysitting? A little bit. Have you, have you tried keeping a kid's attention for 15 minutes? Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard. I know. I, came, <laughs> I walked in on Shannon teaching the end of the kids class the other day and mm -hmm. uh, watching that for a second, I was like, oh my gosh, like I can't. Yeah. I can't imagine. Yeah. Teaching kids classes was the best thing I ever did. You know, it's like, I don't want to do it no more. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Unless I'm at Academy one day, but teaching kids classes was, was awesome because I had 15 minutes to teach them. And then we, we had like 35 minutes of, of playing around. Yeah. So it was cool because they were excited. We were having fun and then, but they were so technical. Like they would pick everything up faster than adults. Hmm. You know what I mean? Especially little girls at that time, like girls and boys are kind of like the same strength wise until yeah. they get to like 11 or 12. And yeah. then some, that's kind of when it starts, like you see Changing. the difference. Yeah. But the little girls were like. I'd always be like, they're mopping these dudes up, you know, like they're mopping them up or things like that. So that was, I thought that was always cool. Um, but then I started training more and more. Um, we didn't, we didn't have any head coaches at El Nino. There was no head coaches. It was just basically Gilbert, Jake. Uh, they went to go see Caesar here and there, you know, and we'd stay back at the gym, but the whole team, the whole scrap pack team were, were that's where it originated um, from Gilbert's gym, the first one. And um, everybody was self-taught. They were all teaching. And so he sometimes would be like, Hey dude, run the class. <laughs> right it's like these guys these like higher level guys are like listening to me yeah, like because i just ran the class and i've always had i felt i think i i've always had that leadership gene i think i always have i got it from my dad right and, and I, you know it's like it's all in your confidence yeah right it's all in your confidence and so he would be like hey help them do this this and this and i'd be like all right these guys might tell me to go fuck off or somebody's gonna punch me yeah and i'd start teaching and everybody was cool with it because I was basically not telling them this is what i do i'm like hey this is what gil said to do right we're gonna do this you know and he'd like and then start gradually learning more and learning more and then competing and doing more and doing more anything you know it's like up until like five years ago i finally left but uh yeah but yeah the teaching part's always been amazing i loved it um i made no money but it yeah. was great That's good. <laughs> it was great it was my favorite thing in the world it was my favorite thing in the world teaching but you said something important which is the money and in the banking stuff in the finance world wasn't doing it for you wasn't scratching that itch yeah. and you seem to enjoy doing the kids classes a lot more than you enjoyed the banking stuff. I, I enjoyed teaching and you know putting my body through the ringer and just like leveling up and being one of the best ones in the gym that was like for us that's that's gold yeah it's like it's not um how can you say it it was uh I don't know man it was just something good that it, it, it felt great as an accomplishment that most people can't do it right right it's like most people can do finance Maybe anybody can do finance right right anybody can do a wedding any job but not everybody can get their black belt or their brown belt from certain academies. Right. Right. It's like, I mean, 
Shannon's a black belt under Dean Lister who not that many people have him. Yeah. Right. And if you want to test him on it, he'll show you why he's a black belt. And, yeah. You know, same with my, my friends or, yeah. I mean, you and me. You, yeah. I was yeah I've say. had people be like, oh, you know, I'm not ripped or anything. So people are like, oh, you're a black belt. I'm like, yeah, we want to try it. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you know? I, got, I got one round in it because yeah. I haven't trained a while. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, but things like that. So it's like, for me, it was like, not everybody can do it, you right. know. And, but everybody around me was so, um, they were so motivated on getting to their goals that, even if you don't want to be a world champion in MMA, you want to do good somewhere else. Yeah. So it pushes you because now it's like, now we're all part of the team. The whole right. team's coming up, right? Yeah. It's like, I got guys that do, you know, fitness. I got guys <laughs> that do, you know, they got their own gyms. We got guys that are firefighters. They're like captains. They're like, everyone's at the top echelon of whatever they do. Right. Because that's what everyone else around you does. And we're all black belts and we're all this. And the black belts here, we kick ass. We're yeah. commentators. We right. do this. We have promotions. And so it, it pushes you. Right? It's like. And your surroundings, too, I think, change a lot. You know, when you're surrounded by people that are at that level, your whole life starts to change. Mm -hmm. Just like when you're surrounded with people who are at a low level, you you sort of gravitate towards the people you're around the most. Um, and they say the five most people, the five people that you're around the most, you're the sum of that, right? Mm -hmm. You're going to be somewhere in the middle of all those five. Um, so if somebody's thinking about getting started in jujitsu, but they're not really sure how to pick a gym, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of gyms out there that are kind of iffy, you yeah. know, and you don't know. I remember when I got in, luckily I sort of knew Shannon. I had sort of trained with him before at TBC. So I had, I had known of Shannon. I knew he's legit. He was in the UFC, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like, cool. Um, how does somebody pick a gym if they want to get started in jujitsu? I think just going and trying them out, it, it's hard. The first day is always hard, right? And then the first day is always hard, and whoever your coach is can make or break you. I've always said it's like you always want to make everyone feel welcome, right? It's like we want you to feel, for example, when I would teach, I'd be like, I want you to feel what this is like, which is like if you've never been, have you ever surfed before? You uh, surfed? No. Have you been in the water? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Have you ever hit, been hit by a wave? Oh, yeah. Right? It's like you're not drowning. But that's what it kind of feels like the first yeah. time. That's why I always say it's like, hey, it's like, at least for Southern California, right? Because we live here by the beach. Yeah. I was like, go stand in a wave, let it hit you. That's what it feels like your yeah. first day. I was like, that's what it feels like. Around. And you just come back, right? And you come back. So it's um, it, it's being made comfortable. And then also what your objective is. Like, what do you want to do? Like, do you want to do jiu-jitsu because you like the UFC? Do you like jiu-jitsu because you want to compete? Do you want to become a fighter? So I always ask people kind of like, what do you want to do? Like, what's your end all goal? Are you trying to lose weight? Or it's like, because there's there's different things you can do, right? Yeah. So it's like uh, making it making it friendly and letting them enjoy it, but at the same time, letting them know that, hey man, still violence. Yeah. And so we're gonna, I'm gonna teach you to fuck people up. Is that what you're interested in? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, that's what you're gonna do. You know, it's like, I I'm a very strong believer that it's not for everybody. You know, a lot of coaches are like, no, it's for everybody. I don't. I don't think it is. I think it's uh, you have to have a loose screw in your head yeah. to be able to do this. Right. And and a lot of extremists are really good at doing this. So if you're an extremist at doing some other stuff yeah. and you come to do this, it's like you're going to get hooked in on it. Or if you're competitive, if you're competitive and you're just like, God, I suck. You're going to want to do it, you know, because this this sport will keep you so humble. Yeah. That. You might have gone to MIT or you think you're the shit or you're a CEO, but you know, Jack the mechanic just fucked you up. Right. He's 30 pounds less than you. Yeah. And you're going to, you got to ease the hierarchy in here and you got to respect him. So, you know, yeah. it's, it's things like that, that it's like, it humbles you so well. So you see a lot of the networks are so weird because it's like, 
guys from all different types of branches, you know, financially or socioeconomically, things like that, right? So I'm, yep. what I'm going at, it's like none of that exists. None of that exists. You can't tell who's who. Right. You know, it's like you're either blue belt, white belt, purple belt. Everybody trains the same. Yeah. We all train against each other. It's like there's nothing. That's why I think that bond is so cool and it's so networking. It's basically a legal form of being a gang member. Yeah, basically. <laughs> you know, I mean, I got tattooed with the scrap pack. Yeah, it's like for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but I'm proud of it. Yeah. So tell people what the belt system is like. For somebody that doesn't know, you know, what's the journey from white, blue, purple, brown, black? Uh, I'll tell you from my experience. My experience is because everyone has very, very different, right? right. So everyone's different. You're going to have a different thing. For me, it's like white to blue was, you know, it, it was awesome. I felt like, okay, cool. And then blue to purple. I've heard a lot of people quit during blue to purple, right? I never once thought about quitting. Yeah. I never thought about quitting because I was like, I live here. Yeah. And I'm always here. So there was no point. I was just like, when am I going to get it? You know, yeah. <laughs> it's like, what do I have to do to get it? And for me, it was a lot harder to get it than most other gyms. Um, well, I, I got under Jake, which is under Caesar Gracie. Caesar Gracie is very hard to get belts on. So those guys are very hard to get them, right? Yeah. Um, sorry. And um, purple purple to brown belt for me was, was kind of when I was like a couple times I wanted to quit. Yeah. Yeah, because I wasn't getting it. And uh, they were making me compete a lot. And I was competing. And I was beating like brown belts. And I was beating like other guys. Or other really? guys from other gyms would come in. There were higher belts and, but we we're just very rough at our, at our school. Yeah. I mean, at that time, like I said, everybody was at their peak. So, um, uh, a couple of times I was just like, man, he doesn't like me. Like, oh, maybe I just suck, <laughs> you know? And then, um, and then I finally got it. I got my brown belt and it was like, so cool, man. I was like, well, one of the most exciting, like you wake up with like flames in your hands, you're like, oh, you know, like, yeah. I'm tough, you know, <laughs> I can kill anybody. Yeah. And, um, uh, and then brown belt to black belt was uh, it was weird for me because I had to come down because my dad my dad was sick at that time and so I left a little bit before what I thought I was very close to getting it yeah but I had to make the decision of leaving the gym and coming down to San Diego I had to be with my dad and stuff like that because I was helping out my sisters and, and whatnot so yeah you were in San Francisco I was right? in San Francisco yeah and I was doing great and it was really hard for me it was very yeah. very very hard for me because that's all I, I was doing for the last couple of years so it's like I didn't want to leave. And I came here, and that's when I started training with Shannon. I mean, Shannon, we, me and Shannon know each other since like junior high. Yeah. And his brother, yeah. you know, Brian, and uh, which Brian, by the way, is fucking an animal. Yeah. He's just like me though; he doesn't train. <laughs> I've trained with him before. He's an animal. Though. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't train as much, but yeah, he's yeah. fucking. Anytime he comes out there, he's an ice box, right? Yeah. It's like <laughs> so Brian's tough, dude. But yeah, I've known them for a while, and so um, everyone's like, "Oh, we're gonna train." I trained at the arena, then I trained with you know with Jesse Taylor, and then yeah. I trained with some other buddy with Barry Yoshida. And then uh, I was like, dude, I love training with Shannon. I think he's one of the best instructors there is out here. And I learned so much from him. And I can't beat him. Yeah. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. Very, very little. A few times. But but it's like I learned so much from him. He's so tough. And he's smaller than me. Yeah. You know, he's lighter than me. He's, right. he's tall, but he's lighter. And he gives it to me. So I'm just like, this is cool. I'm going to stay here. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Until, like, if I'm able to whoop him, I'll leave. But I'm yeah. like, I can't. So uh, so it's fun. But, but yeah, it's uh, it was just a change down here. And, you know, but it, it was hard. But when I got to the black belt, Honestly, that was one of the biggest accomplishments in my life that I was like, that's awesome. Yeah. It was literally the best thing. And I got it when we came back from Yosemite on a, on a backpacking trip that Gilbert and I did with some friends. Yeah. And the second day, uh, I got it, but we were all kind of hungover. Yeah. So we all had to train. <laughs> we all trained. And uh, before I left, they made me train. And, uh, and I had to drive down. And it was the most, uh, it was the most, the coolest feeling I ever had because it was the highest accomplishment I had ever 
made. Right. No matter what. Even like with Nacionas, if I get it on TV, I'm on DAZN, right? Which everyone's like, I'm like, I got it on DAZN. I'm like, yeah, I planned for that. Like, yeah. I knew I was going to go on DAZN. Like, right. I knew I was going to get a team. Like, I, sounds cocky, but I was just like, I knew I was going to get those things. Yeah. Like, I knew it, right? One way or another, I was going to get it. But the black belt, I couldn't, I didn't know if I was going to ever get it. Really? So when I got it, that was my, that was my biggest accomplishment to this day, you know? You know, I like, there's a theme that I notice with you and other people that do good things is you're always either the dumbest or the weakest in the room. You know, there's a, there's a trend in what we're saying where you are surrounding yourself with people that are the best. So you're like mm-hmm. hanging out with the Diaz brothers. You're hanging out with obviously your cousin Gilbert Melendez, yeah, yeah, yeah. but not just that you're hanging out with some of the best of the best in almost every scenario, mm-hmm. you know? So I think that that's why you do so well is you surround yourself with people that are doing big things and you're always, I mean, you've said it so many times, like, oh, they're better than me. I'm the lowest guy on the totem pole. But that's why you're so fucking great is because you surround yourself with people yeah. that are good. Yeah, I didn't do that in the past. Really? Yeah. Before jujitsu, you mean? Before jujitsu, before, like, when I was in my 20s, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. And uh, and, it, and my my sisters are all, like, badasses, dude. Like yeah. Doctors, architects. Yeah. Um, my sister Nora is a county supervisor here in San yeah. Diego. And so, you know, they're to me, they're they're my top echelon, right? It's like. They're smart. I was a dumb one. <laughs> Are they older than you? Yeah, they're older. Okay, the so youngest. you got to you got to I'm watch the that. Too. I'm the youngest. Yeah, yeah. So they went to you know USF and right. San Luis Obispo and you know medical school and things like that. And I'm just like fuck. You know, yeah. I was like I I dropped out of college. You know? Yeah. But it wasn't for me. And so my dad, my dad's an my dad was an economist. You know, uh, he worked in politics in Mexico for years and, and things like that. My mom was self taught um, to become a bookkeeper, like an right. accountant. She yeah. was at her job for years, and so it was always like. There was never no medi- mediocrity in my house. It was always very like, oh, you're a fucking loser if you do that. Not yeah. those terms, but around that line. Yeah. Right. And so high standards. Yeah. So my dad told me this thing years ago when I was like, I was not doing very well. I was just kind of hanging out with, with guys and partying too much in early, tw- early 20s, you know, because up until like 19, I thought I was a jock. So my hopes were to play college football. That didn't work. And so. Gave up on the jock life, and then I started drinking a little bit, partying. It was mostly yeah. partying. I never yeah. was like a hard drinker, but I was partying. And uh, and my dad told me one day, there's things in in Spanish that said "lo pendejo se pega," which means like pendejo's like an idiot or like yeah. a dumbass. It's it's contagious. Yeah. Right. It's like, he told me he's like it's contagious. So you have to you have to pick what you want to do. It's like it's cool you're doing all this right now, but those guys are going to be this, this, and this down the line. Where what are you going to do? Like where are you going to go to? And so that's when I started like, oh, you're right. And so I left Tijuana, I left San Diego, and I went to New York. And I started being with guys that were doing, like I started meeting people that I was just like, oh shit, it's not about partying, it's about doing this and this and that. And then San Francisco, like New York for me, everybody worked for someone, but it was like a badass job, right? Yeah. Like a cool company. When I moved to San Francisco, everybody owned their own company. Everybody did self-employment, everybody was doing like, I do this. I'm in tech. I do yeah. that. I'm like, what? Startup scene. I was there. Yeah, I was there doing the startup <laughs> scene. And so um, that that was very motivational for me. And then with jiu-jitsu, I met all these guys. I was meeting VCs for the first time. I was meeting, like, you know, I have a friend. His name's Arvin Gupta. He's one of the most popular, you know, VC guys out in California. Yeah. I was training with him. I was training with some other VC guys. I, I got to meet um, the guy who created Napster. What's his name? I don't know. The dude from Napster. I can, do you know? No. Uh, I was... What's his name? Jesus Christ, I have it right in my head. I have, I'm terrible with names, I'm telling you, man. Yeah. But anyway, it's like um, my friend Dan Marks, who's a black belt under uh, under Jake Shields, he, or under Caesar Gracie, sorry. He um, 
he got me to train with this guy. He was the guy that created Napster. He was like part of like when they when they started Uber. Yeah. Uh, like we were get we were like guinea pigs for Uber. When it's they not a uh, Travis Kalanick. No, it? no, no, no. It's uh, they made fun of him in that movie, uh, The Talent Job. I remember. Anyways. Yeah. But uh, that guy, I remember his name right now. But uh, but yeah. So I, I started surrounding myself with all these people, you know, like and, and that's how it's always been. I just I'm always also trying to hustle how I can network and help people. Yeah. I, I truly believe in the whole like, if I introduce you and you. Right. I hope something happens. Yeah. And if you guys ever meet someone that can help me, you send them my way. Yeah. Right. Right. It doesn't happen all the time. Yeah. It doesn't happen a lot. Right. <laughs> because not a lot of people get involved in MMA. But I do feel that for me, I create a network that I belong to because of that. And so I've always, you know, I'm a chatty Kathy bro too. I'm like, I don't shut up. So it's like. You're good with people. And, and you, I mean. That's thanks to you too though. Really? Yeah. Do you think you were good with people before? Or do no. you think, weird enough, did partying help you get better with people? I was a party promoter. Here in San Diego, I was a party promoter with my friend Vince. Uh, Vince, we were uh, we, we used to throw parties here in the nightclubs in San Francisco too. I, I used to throw parties in the nightclubs during the week, to where like my boss at JP Morgan was just like, "Hey, listen, man, you're messing with my shit." Yeah, it's like stop partying because I'm like, "Well, I do. How much money do you make?" He goes, "How much money do you make here?" I'm like, "Well, yeah." He goes, "Why are you messing that up for this?" Right. And I was like, "Okay, yeah, I'll stop." You know what I mean? It was he was, he was right. Yeah, he was right because I was I was getting excited with that whole thing, but um, that kind of helped me a little bit. But I thought the teaching part helped me the best, right? Because I had to, I dealt with guys that would come in with the sh shoulders down, no confidence, like you know, thinking about all kinds of bad stuff, from drinking to suicide yep. to they were like on the edge of doing something. Yeah, and so I learned to cater to everybody. And everybody was teaching differently. So we were teaching differently, right? It's like, you might be good at this, but he's not. So let me put him with him right? so that he could help him because you are terrible for him. Right. Like when you work with him, you scare the hell out of him. Yeah. So he's going to leave. I don't want him to leave. So I'm going to put him with him, even though you guys go hard. Yeah. So it's like I learned to read people and talk to people and, and just it was you know it was great and you're good at it too and i watch how when you're in the gym and when you're teaching class how when certain people come in you can identify where they're at and meet them on their level so that they learn it right because not everybody learns the same and yeah. i think that's really really important uh to identify how people learn and how you can get this message through to them in a successful way yeah um, or they'll leave that's what i'm saying they'll get yeah. scared right yeah. it's like or you know everyone's there for different reasons different reasons right i've been there for different reasons yeah and so it's uh i know they have to but you can tell too the ones that are there to like you know like college wrestlers and, yeah you know but yeah there's a lot of I mean, when i met you too it's like i thought you were a spaz right i, was. I, was like, I mean there's no yeah <laughs> you know when i went with you like shan would be like go with him i'm like god damn i just got yeah i just got back from a knee injury you know he's, he's yeah. gonna kill me you know <laughs> but there, it was things like that but um but no man it's like it's it's probably been the best way for me to learn to talk to people and, and then I translate that into the, uh, the gym. Other guys might not say it, but when you walk into a room and you feel like you can, like, fuck people up. Yeah. Which I probably can't. Yeah. But I feel like I do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm 42 now, bro. Like, I, but you can. That's no, the no, thing. But, but what I'm saying is, like, a lot of, I, I think a lot of guys in the sport go in that way. Yeah. And, and you'll see them, they're confident when they sit down and when you're talking to people. And it's like, you know, it's like, you know your shit. Or... It just gives you that extra feel of confidence. Not that you're going to do it. Yeah. You should by no means do it. Well, and know? that's the thing is I, I feel like when people start to learn this and when you see guys like Shannon, these guys that can fucking tear somebody apart, um, 
they're more reserved and it's kind of like the whole, you know, they're not being loud because they have it, right? They don't have to bark, right? But if it's time to bite, they can bite, but they know how to diffuse a situation. Yeah, for sure. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And that's what you got to do. I mean, it's like, you know, you can't, so you just got to let people know, right? Yeah. It's like, but ideally don't. <laughs> it's just yeah. like, you know, I walk away from stuff now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, people are yelling at me. I'm like, you're right. <laughs> Part of getting older, I guess. Yeah, I'm like, I've had too many beers for this stuff. I'm like, I'm not pulling guard on the street. <laughs> I saw this video of uh, this guy walking down the street, and a guy pushes him, and he turns his head. The guy that gets pushed turns his head, and you see this just nasty cauliflower ear. <laughs> and then the next scene is like him sitting on his butt and scooting towards the guy. And it's just like, yeah. you know. Yeah, no, no. I mean, nowadays it's just so dangerous, man. Or like, if you asked Balu from 10 years ago, my dumb ass would be like right there. Yeah. You know. Now I'm just like, no. <laughs> yeah. No, thanks. You yeah. Know what I mean? It's not worth it. I heard Jocko say something one time where he was like, you know, the chances of something good happening are extremely low mm-hmm. and the chance of something bad happening are extremely high. So yeah. why would I play with those odds? And that yeah. makes a lot of sense. There's a lot of cases where it's like you know, a lot of people in other situations, have, you know, the guy hits his head wrong on the sidewalk or something that wasn't your intention, but something can happen. So yeah. it's like sometimes it's best to like, you know, walk away yeah obviously if it's like it becomes to the point where they're not backing off and now you got to defend yourself then hey it's green light you know what i mean i gave you plenty of warrants yeah but that's in general i'm not talking about myself i'm just talking in general with a, lot yeah. of, a lot of people in the community you'll see them that way especially when you seem like they get recorded yeah they'll be like hey man like calm down you know i'm gonna fuck you up which stop you know what i mean yep. they usually yep. go that first hands up like they'll put the hands in the front you know? yeah and they're like all right i'm gonna be trash yeah so it's like um I, see, I, see, I mean, it's just not what for. Right. right. Yeah. You know, train, just come to the gym. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, Baloo, where can people find you and where can people learn more about Nacionas? Yeah, so Nacionas, we got actually the last show of the year is coming up, sadly, but kind of thank God. Uh, <laughs> I'm tired. Uh, it's uh, December 8th. We're live on DAZN for English in the U.S. and uh, on Australia Network. Um, both are all available to get on apps, uh, the, the app purchases. Um, on Australia Network in Spanish, um, December 8th. And then uh, tune into NacionesMMA.com and uh, follow us on our, our social media, you know, NacionesMMA. It's NacionesMMA across all the platforms, yeah. you know. And uh, and as for me, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm open. If anybody ever wants to train or wants to, uh, um, you know, consider fighting or things like that, um, hit me up, you know, Balu Vargas on Instagram. I think that's it. But, yeah. And if you want to fight in Mexico, definitely DM him. Yeah, anywhere. Anywhere if you want to fight. You know, if you want to fight here in the street, I can organize it too. So, it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, man. It's, uh, it's I, I, I do think at one point everyone should try a type of combat sport um, because it is very, it lets that, that inner primal, you know, feeling out. And so it's good for anyone to try boxing, kickboxing, Muay Thai, yeah. Capoeira, karate, whatever. All, any discipline. But it's good to let that out yeah right and it, and it takes you away which i think you you can explain it takes you away from your everyday problems at least for an hour and a half yeah right and it'll help you network and build your friendships and stuff like that but it also help your confidence yeah. which i think is a huge problem with like mental awareness and all that stuff and so i think this is combat sports i i always try to push on everyone and uh, at least try it once in your life so amazing that's cool baloo thank yeah. you so much dude. Yeah, appreciate man, it appreciate you thank you <laughs>